Adaptable Project is here to help, educate and inspire Aussie blokes to reclaim their physical and mental strength. This episode of the Deadbod Project podcast features audio from the All Fun and Games YouTube series, where we get a well-known personality from sports or entertainment, play an old-fashioned board game, and have a good old-fashioned yak. Some of the stuff we talk about is around the Dadbod pillars of diet, training, and mental health, and some of the stories are just enlightening or entertaining or just downright piss funny. This is the Dadbod Project podcast. This is the Dadbod Project. The Dad Bod Project. Dad Bod Project. Today's episode features Aussie sporting legend Dean Jones. This was Dino's last Australian interview before he tragically and suddenly passed away at age 59 in 2020. And we talk about everything from the Great West Indies, match fixing, the future of one day cricket, why he was the first bloke to ever wear sunglasses on a cricket field, and why you didn't want to win International Cricketer of the Year. RIP Dino. The legend of one-day cricket in Australia, Dino. How are you doing? How you doing? What's going on with the glasses, Now, mate, dude? You, hey? you, can, you can take those There's off There's only one guy who can wear the glasses. You, in, you hey? were the first bloke to wear glasses on a cricket field, am I right? You yeah. invented wearing sunglasses on a cricket field. Well, I, I was the one first allowed. I was stupid enough to wear them. Alan Border played baseball, and all the baseballs back then used to have glasses, and if they hit a... Well, firstly, the glass would be like that, and if the ball went in the sun, then you flip it down. And they used to take the catch like that. And I was in Perth getting ready for, and Perth is really bright. And I thought, well, I'd better wear the glasses. And uh, AB said, yeah, but don't drop the first one. And, oh, did I get barreled by the crowd? They were giving it to me from behind you, big head and wanker, and it might have been all the above. And then I took a, a really good catch, and all of the crowd put the sunglasses on, like, thumbs up, and... And the rest was, was history. Was there any blowback from the dressing room when you first walked out? Was there any like, oh, no. hello, Dino's no, got his spectacles. I was wearing a... Don Johnson's going to find egg <laughs> boys, you know. I wish. Um, no, I, I I went to actually walked in. Remember surf, dive and ski? Yes. It might be a little bit too young. But I just walked into a shop and said, I want a pair of glasses for cricket. I said, yeah, right, mate, come over here. So I'm, I tried certain brands and I just grabbed a pair of Oakleys and... They were the was best there an I endorsement thought. there at that time? Afterwards, but I bought my first few glasses. Okay. So and then I wore them on, and um, I didn't like batting with them. Oh. I, I always no I one bats in them, do they? Oh, that... Brian Lara did, did uh, at okay. the end of his career because he had pterygiums in his eyes. Oh, and whatever, he's also like that. cool enough. It is to too cool. Yeah. So, and the rest is history. They all wear them, and you know. So I, I still, it's the only thing apart from Kookaburra. It's the only thing that I still, when Oakley say, you need a set of glasses and they send me some. So it's cool. What the about state. the war paint? That was wicked. Why don't players we, wear that anymore? We, we did. I played in the first game at the MCG under lights. And we put the black stuff because the footballers wore it, the uh, NFL players, the, the, yeah. the baseballers wore it. And when you got hot and sweaty, I used to... Wipe my face with the sweatpants and <laughs> black stuff is all over my face and on. Oh, we're not going to go down that line again. So I just wiped it off and it didn't work. Yeah. But then, I, well, I realised in the NFL they put their the helmets on so you can't touch the paint. But did it work the reflection? I don't know. I it looked cool. I think it's a bit it of bullshit. Cool. <laughs> that, that's that was the most important thing. I reckon someone needs to bring that back. Mm. Now, gee, I bet you wish you got to play T Twenty cricket. It's an amazing game now. Um, I think it's a very tough game uh, to play. It's it's all about power, you know. You, you got to 
you got your wonderful thoroughbred racing uh, horses that can go up to two mile and do all that. These are quarter horses. These guys only run 100 metres, flat chat, and that's it. And it's all about power, and, and uh, now it's it's over and done with in three and a bit hours, and mm. it's just suited perfectly now for TV. Take the paycheck and off you go. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's the place where I think the Olympics and Commonwealth Games are going to actually pick it up. If we're going to wow. sell game of cricket right around the world... yeah. This they, they can play it on tennis courts. They can play it anywhere, right? They can drop in pitch. You can play anywhere. You can play T Twenty cricket. You just load it up and hit it. Like there's no big technique to it. It's just smash it. Mm. No finesse in this game at all. But it's it's that's keeping the game alive now. It's big. It's huge. Speaking of finesse, let's. Uh, right. Let's. Uh, when was the last time you played this? Um, uh, not since I was about twelve, but a lot bigger. Well, you can shoot first, mate. All right, can now, you? Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go back to. Uh, oh, no, oh, oh, we'll go back to. What was it Chennai '86? And, yeah. and you lose. Oh, goal! Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you lose uh, seven or eight kilos in a day batting in the humidity. Yeah. You weren't fat to start with. No, I. I, I it was my first. I played two Test matches in 1984 against the West Indians, and God, oh, nearly a known goal there, and uh, and I um, got belted up. They they just you know facing Garner, Marshall, Roberts, Holden, they they were rubbish, and uh, well I am rubbish at this, and I was rubbish at playing them. So anyway, so it, it worked out. Um, well, I had to get better. And I did. But then I've gone from getting my ball stuffed up my nose to playing spin in India, where it's all about the bottom half of your body. I'm over this. You're already yeah. God declared. <laughs> you're, going, you're done. So, so um, I went and saw Kevin Sheedy. Wow. Okay. Before 1986. And, and I love Kevin, what he thinks. And I where my game is at, he said, well, you, who's the best player of spin and a guy can organise yourself? Well, I said, well, I sent a letter off to Bradman. And Bradman came back and sent me, said, well, go and speak to Lindsay Hassett. So I went and saw Lindsay Hassett before he passed away. And How old's Lindsay at this time? Oh, late 80s. And Don Bradman said Lindsay Hassett was the best player of spin ever. Now, Lindsay Hassett was a captain of Australia, played for South Melbourne, Victoria. So I saw him at this function, and he was having a quiet scotch. And I walked up to Lindsay said, I'm about to go to India. Got any tips for me ahead of play spin? Yeah. When he tosses it up and get down the pitch and hit it on the full, or you play it off the back foot. Now, go get me a scotch. I said, cut it out, Lizzie. No, go get me a scotch. So I went and got him a scotch, came back. He says, it's that easy. So you read length. When the ball goes up, you get quickly to it on the volley, half volley or full, or you play it off the back foot. That's how you play spin properly. And I got, oh. So I went to Ian Chapel, and Ian Chapel said, yep, that's what your game's plan's got to be over there. So basically that's what I did. And then just before I went, I wanted to be so super fit. I was so primed up because I missed an England tour the week the year before. So I went uh, and I was trained with Craig Bradley and Steve Kernan, Carlton and Diesel was there and I, I did a preseason with them and I got my body fat content down to 8%. Wow. Which is stupid. You could have been a... Before going to India. It was yeah. stupid because I was rippling, but when you go to India for three and a half months and the food's bad and the heat, you actually want need to have a bit of condition on so you can work it off. And the first game was Madras and mm. I didn't have much to take off and I, I, and I'm a bad sweater. 
know what you were like when you sang and did did all your stuff on stage. Did you sweat much in front of the? Look, I don't think I lost eight kilos in a gig. No, did no. you? You sure? No. Did drink it? <laughs> have a few <laughs> the scotches or Jim yeah. Bourbons or something. Anyway, but no, I mean, and as it turned out, I lost eight kilos and the game was a tie and and sort of folklore that's defined who I am a little bit. But yeah. it's. It comes Not, up, and it gets mentioned a lot in in yeah. the the MC circuit. I've, sp- I've spoken to a couple of people that were there that day, and Booney <laughs> and uh, AB yeah. was very glowing yeah. about that. You know, it, it even comes up at, at his events. Yeah. Greg Matthews was pretty happy to oh. to downplay the the feat. What was the, what was the oh, guy I don't there? Know. Moe's a weird cat. Mm. He is just a weird cat, and he wore a jumper too. On and it's forty five degree heat, but he's trying to get in the heads of the West Indian. Oh, sorry, the Indians. But we don't want to because we've had a fed up. We're fed up with Greg Matthews in trying to get in our own heads. Like, you can have him. <laughs> but it was his best performance as a cricketer for Australia. Yeah. He got 10 yeah. wickets and made 70 runs and he didn't get man of the match and and I did. So mm. I, I don't really care. But but the bottom line for me, it actually told me, my own personal self, that, hey, I'm good enough at this level. Yeah. I can make a double and, and still the high score by an Australian in India. Is it? Yeah. Wow. And, uh, and I knew, now I know I can play. Yeah. Because whether you, you go out and do your first gig or you play your first AFL game, you don't know whether or not you're good enough to be on the same park or should I be in the same room as these people to yeah. put on a show, you know. And I was always worried about that. And, uh, yeah, I, I've done all right at the MCG in one day, but the ultimate as a cricketer is test cricket. And is it still? Probably not now. Wow, okay. Probably not. Because I think most of the kids actually, the reason why they pick cricket up is because, oh, look at the way Glenn Maxwell played for the Melbourne Stars or mm. or Finchie hits it for the Renegades or or something like that. that. That's what got them in cricket, not not watching David Warner for Australia get uh, smash yeah. 100 for Australia or Steve Smith or whatever like that. So it's more T20 cricket as their vehicle to getting ready. Yeah. On the way more important stuff, Bernie yeah. smashes 52 cans oh. on the way to London. How many did you knock back? I had 27. Wow. And I was Mozart and List. Absolutely <laughs> paralytic. Was, someone, was there a oh. clipboard with someone just, you know? Well, they talk about the rotation policies of footballers and, 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 yes. and, and cricketers. Well, the first time it was actually brought up in cricket was done by a flight service director, a, a girl. Um, Irene, her name was maybe something. Anyway, she realised that Hello you... Hello, Irene. Irene, yeah. You... She, she realises that no one can sit at one spot and have 52, have to beat the record of Rob Marsh, have 51, can drink 52 cans in one spot with drink, speaking to one people, one person. Yeah, yeah. So she worked out a rotation system. Great. Right. Yeah. So she so she brought in Carl Rackman. Really ahead said, of her time, I read. She was brilliant. She yeah. rode the roster up. It's right, Carl Rackman, you can come in for four or five beers. Yeah. Got rid of him, moved him on, and then Terry Alderman can come for a couple. Yes. And then, of course, brought, brought in Alan Border, which was quite contentious because mm. he's a boring fucker. Mm. So he only had one, so got rid of him. Yeah. And then Merv come in for 12, and that just about did the 52 cans. Sure, yeah, okay. And he walked off the plane. Dougie Walters and Rob Marsh were carried off. And then what did we do? We had to go straight to our hotel, and then we did a – press conference, and then our manager said we have to go across the road. For the sponsor. For the sponsor. Yeah. Which was 4X. 4X. And Booney had three points there. (laughs) This is the Dad Bod Project. Now, mate, the the back half of your career, domestically you're averaging about a million for Victoria, Mm. and you weren't 
breaking back to the Australian team, everyone in Australia had a conspiracy theory as to why you, why, why you weren't, <laughs> why you hadn't been reselected. Mm. Have we got to the bottom of that now? Not really. Who did you piss off? Well, probably plenty by the, by the look of it. Mm. Um, but the bottom line, it's a bit like Bermuda Triangle. What went on there was some of the planes and all that went down. Who's the person I always dropped for? Do you know? I don't know, no. S.K. Warren. Right. He took my spot into the 12 and that was it. Okay. I was 12th man of this 1992. I was 30 years of age against the West Indies and I was the worst 12th man ever. Right. I was watching the bets on TV and, and when a guy gets out, you're supposed to get him a drink. Right. All right. So no matter what, right? So Steve Wall gets out. And I've got the races on and I've got all sitting. I'm not even watching the cricket and he made one. So he walks in, he's under, throwing the bat down. He looks at me and he says, where's my fucking drink? And I said, how many did you make? <laughs> he said, one. <laughs> I said, well, you're not too tired. The drink, <laughs> the fridge is just there. <laughs> I'm doing the racing. And he said, oh, fair enough. That was good as Tugger. And he walked over and got himself a drink and I was the worst ever. So, but... The, the, the following week, um, oh, I had to say, we also got a sponsorship deal done by Telstra, and each player got a mobile phone. Can you believe it? 92 wow. mobile phone. We were kings. Yeah. And when I was dropped for the next game, Ian McDonald, who sadly just passed away, our team manager, rang me up and said, we need your phone. I <laughs> had the phone for, so they wouldn't, oh, oh, it has to be transferred. That's to like the next when, guy. A, when you hand back your gun. That's it. The like, the the, hand back all this. So... I had to hand back my phone and give it to Warney. <laughs> wow. And then and oh. he went on to abuse that, didn't he? Well, so, he did know. very well on the phone yeah. over the years. No, he look. The bottom line, when I look back at it, when I got dropped to the time I retired from first-class cricket, which is seven years later, I think we only lost two series. So effectively, yeah. they probably got it right when sure. you look back on it. But look, I'm happy I won a World Cup and won three Ashes series and all that, so... Mm. You got to be on all fun and games with me, so you know there's a lot I'm of still here. I'm yeah, still thought a, of, you know, which is nice. A lot of pinnacles to yeah. your career. That's we're heading into the mid '90s, and the, the match fixing thing is just starting mm. to bubble. Mm. You were on. Um, I was one of the commercial television current affairs, and and you said every team has a narc. Do you remember that? Yeah. What, what does that mean? What was that? Well, a person that's, um, or what, as it turned out, in nine, my last tour for Australia, or well, wasn't the last tour? Uh, sorry, last test tour that I played was in Sri Lanka, and I actually got introduced by uh, Manoj Prabhaka, an Indian test cricketer, mm. to, uh, I've got a mate, we need to meet in the meeting room at the Taj Hotel. I said, yeah, right, because last year he got me a, a deal to wear some clothes or something and, and you get some money and do a couple yeah. of photo shoots. No big deal. And I thought it's the same. So I walked downstairs and, oh, I want you to meet my uh, friend John. And I go, oh, John, how are you? Nice to Was meet John you, the same bloke or were they just all called John? Because John comes no, up a he's lot. he's the same bloke. It's a so, wow. Yeah, as this so-called Indian bookie. I yeah. say, I'm sorry, what, what do you do? He says, I'm guessing oh, John wasn't his real name. But no. <laughs> no, funny enough. So I said to him, um, what, what, do you, um, what do you want me to do? And he says, well, I just want you to tell me, sometimes you're Craig McDermott, bats at number four as a pinch hitter. What's your team? Do you, who's likely to do well? Who's likely not to do well? wasn't told me to fix anything. He just wanted knowledge. Mm. about the game itself. And I've gone, what's what's in it for me? He says, and then he brought up a cake tin and I had 50,000 US dollars cash in it. Now Get I earned out that of a, here. I was earning that a year. 
So, yeah. and then he put the mobile phone on. Like, oh, another mobile phone. So, um, well, I do with two. Um, so, <laughs> so I, I said, what do you got? You got to ring me up when things happen. I says, you know, when something in your gut says, no, nah, this is not right. It's just something about $50,000 in a cake tin that it doesn't just, add up. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot yeah. of money in there. So I've gone, no, nah, I'm thinking, I'm good. I wasn't nasty, or but nice to meet you. All the best to you. So I walked out, and I, I remember I looked in the elevator and I looked in the mirror, and I, I looked at myself in the mirror, and I thought, I think that's the greatest thing you've ever done, mm. is tell him to piss off. So I went and reported to Alan Border and to Bob Simpson and Cam Battersby, our team manager. And AB looked at me and says, well, why, if that's all he wanted, why didn't you take the money? He said, well, there's nothing wrong. You do that on radio, well, you put it in a newspaper column. You made a good point. I said, well, he didn't ask you to bat slow or, or like, get out. And I said, no, I just wanted knowledge. He says, oh, I don't think it's tried, Alan. And by the way, it's in our contract. We've had one paragraph in my contract, playing contract, that you're not allowed to be involved with, yeah. with bookmakers or anything like that. So anyway, that was it. And sure enough, the following year, uh, oh, by the way, I actually asked um, John, I said, who else is doing it? And he said, there was, I'm not going to bring up names here. but Right, so it wasn't they just figured you were the softest option, but uh, they... There were other names in other teams. In, in other teams? Every country. Right, so not in the Australian team that you no, were aware of. not okay. that I know of. And the same guy... So Manos just Allegedly, figures. I'm going to say allegedly here, approached Warney and Mark Wall. Right. And one of similar things. So and anyway, and they got and they got fined and binned, and you just can't do that type of stuff. By the way, the next year when we had our contracts, it was two pages now of what we can't do yeah. to do with these people. So we'd be, I'm assuming, we'd be naive to suggest that cricket isn't subject to those influences now. But where, every sport is. Yeah, but where where do you think cricket's at in terms of those that might want to influence a no ball or even the outcome of a match now? Well, it's they're pretty vigilant on it now. Um, they they take your phones off you before you go in. Um, uh, they monitor you. I have no doubt that the ICC anti-corruption people ring up players to say, "Oh, look, my name's Ravi or Bob or whatever," and can you uh, do something for me and, and slow score slowly in the next in the first over? And if they don't report that to the anti-corruption guy. Right. Get caught. Yes. Okay. So I reckon they're they're doing a fair bit of that going on, and it's working. A lot of guys around the world are getting pinged, but it's not a crime in the in the subcontinent. It's a crime in Australia to be involved with these people, but it's not a crime in the subcontinent. So and, you can get away with that stuff. So between IPL and PSL, Pakistan and, Super League, every league's got it. Yeah. Every league's it's our major cancer. It's in AFL footy. Yeah. You don't know about it, but it's there. I have no doubt whatsoever. Right. It's our biggest cancer in sport. Over a trillion dollars is, is spent or bet per year. Do you reckon how much would be an AFL, would you think? I, guess? I wouldn't know. You know, to what? But you'd be absolutely stupid or naive to think that it's not involved in some way, shape or form. Mm. This is the Dad Bod Project. Let me ask you this. In the teams that you played in, who was the best operator after hours? Who did the yeah. best work in the nightclubs? Well, Greg Matthews match? got punched up once, got kicked in the head at a nightclub at okay. the end of it. So remember? not Greg Matthews? Not Greg Matthews. Wasn't good, but he was good at it. Um, was he? Okay. At night. Uh, the West Indians are pretty good at night. Yes. Um, they sleep during the day, work at night. 
Yes. Um, Anyone in particular that deserves a... I remember on the way to a game at the MCG, now I had this little Mazda 323, and I had a... Uh, cut out roof, sunroof. So you press the button, the roof goes back, right? Sunroof and sunglasses. You yeah, were just right in my master cool. little 323. Because, you know, yeah. if I was playing today, it might be a bit better. But nothing wrong with my master 323. And there's Joel Garner, who's six foot 11, yeah. walking down Punt Road. I've gone to the game. I said, What's going on? So I pulled over. Hey, bird, big bird. Hop in. Oh, Jonesy Martin. Hey, man, hopped in. So where are you? Oh, come back. Good night. Good night. <laughs> and his head stuck out of my <laughs> It was like Dino and the Flintstones stuck its head through Fred's car, through the top. And there I had driving into the MCG with his head stuck out of the car. If you're going he, out, was, he, he had a good time. If yeah. you're going out on the gas with the West Indies' competition in the same nightclub, you I do mean, that's, not. that's not fair. No, no. No, that's not a level playing No, field. there's three things you don't do with the West Indians. Number one, you don't try and hook their fast bowlers because they'll hurt you. Mm. The second thing is um, you don't dance on the same dance floor yeah. as the West Indians because they also make you look obsolete. Yes. And the third thing is you don't shower with them because <laughs> they also make you look obsolete. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fair enough. So but, oh, it's been a good, good fun to play against. They're always good fun. Yeah. Cricket in Victoria. Mm. You're a proud Victorian cricketer. Where's, yeah. where's cricket in Victoria at? Well, uh, I've always been brought up. I, I love my Victorian, you know, the big white V, and they've lost the Bush Rangers and the thing, and I've gone back to the big white V, which is good. I've got no problem with that. But I, I just want to know what their vision is. Is their vision, number one, to produce test cricketers like Warney and co, myself and whatnot, to play a lot of games, to be the spine, the backbone of the Australian cricket, or they're just there to win titles? And I got the feeling that the way things have been going that they just want to win titles. They haven't mm. produced any good players. Isn't the role of domestic cricket primarily to produce Australian I cricket? I would have thought. Yeah. But our biggest problem in cricket is AFL football. Now, it's got all the kids. I'm going to give you play 100 games for Carlton or Richmond or Hawthorne or I'm going to give you five tests for Australia. Which one would you pick? I'll always go for the football, always. So they get our best kids because I don't know. It's got more glamour. It's in the pay. You know, it's, it's on internet. It's on. You've TV. You've got a lot more chances yeah. of making yeah, it you, as well. You do, I mean, but yeah. cricketers go left on planes and get their top twenty-five players in the world in Australia get paid over one point five. Right. How many blokes get paid over one point five playing AFL footy? Mm. You know, they're playing the, the five-star hotels, their own room. They looked after like gods, whereas mm. AFL football, yes, they looked after like gods, but what's the average wage? 370, 350,000. But you know, two to three years it's on the average is the career. So, um, but they pinch our best kids. Now, I'm talking about Victoria. Same goes for WA. They don't have many guys that they've, they haven't won a title. They've struggled. South Australia is the same. Tassie to a certain degree. And I'll say this in a nice way. In New South Wales, the kids... Young kids don't like playing um, NRL uh, because they get smashed up by the Pacific Island kids because yeah. they're too big. Yeah. So they stick to either playing Aussie rules footy or they might play cricket. And that's why they tend to have more kids playing in New South Wales coming through the ranks. Okay. But we've got to somehow, if the kids come out of the draft in the AFL, we need to look at the kids that don't quite make it 
they might have had a great background as playing under 14s, under 16s cricket, but footy was better. They tried AFL footy. It didn't work. We need to catch up on them, do it, get them back to the standard and maybe pinch our better young kids from there on. It doesn't take them too long to learn the skills again. But AFL AFL's killing us in Victoria for sure. Mm. We talk about your test cricket exploits and we, we, we talk about test cricket and and we're, we're T20 at now. Dean Jones and one-day cricket were synonymous. When Dean Jones was batting in the 80s, then you got into the lounge room and you had to flick on the Sound like an old radio, radio program, yeah. Yeah, well, where's one-day cricket fit in the wider ecosystem of cricket now? You know, in, in terms of the product that is cricket, where's one-day cricket going to be at in a generation's time? Well, if I said to you that the most watched sporting event well, the most eyeballs was the India versus Pakistan um, first game in 2015 at Adelaide. It was the most watched sporting event on TV in the world. In the world. Mm. More so than the FIFA World Cup and yeah. or, okay. you know, the Olympics or whatever, you know. Um, you can even take the longer you get the IPL. That's watched the NFL in America is watched by 105 million. The IPL final is watched by 235 million. That's just in India. So cricket is just getting eyeballs everywhere around the world. So it's it's huge. But as long as India keep doing well, mm. it's going to survive. Yeah. It, it, that's where it's at. And the reason why it'll survive, because we get 100 ads, 100 overs in the game, it monopolises most of the day. When the one-day World Cup tournament is here, it's massive. Yeah, I can't tell you the number of eyeballs and the attraction to it. Um, T20 cricket will be the same, but a, a shorter version of that. And test cricket, well, that's that's just test cricket. But it's still producing good numbers eyeballs-wise. Now, as long as India keep doing well, yeah, okay. it'll survive. It's It just feels like, and I've, I have no authority to speak on this other than being a cricket mm. fan, but when you were playing, one-day cricket was important the outcome of the match was important mm. and whether you're going to make finals. Now, it, as a consumer, mm. it's like we've got a five-match series on, even if it's 3-2 and good cricket, yeah. I'm not even sure what it's for. Yeah. Like it, we, we're fitting it around a busy, already busy schedule. It's mm. like, well, what's the point of these five matches? What, what, what oh, does it count for? I know? agree with you. Yeah, yeah. You, you're spot on. There was something that, like, I, I'm, I, I was part of a team won, I think, 11 World Series Cups. Yeah. And uh, so... We love that. I don't know what's happened to that cup now. What they play for yes. now. So and and, and you can win a, a car, an international cricketer of the year. Yeah, and you didn't Did, want to do that either. Oh, why's that? Because say it was the Alpha, and that's happened with Simon O'Donnell, won it in '87, whatever. He he got an Alpha, and it was worth fifty thousand dollar car. But you can take either fifty thousand dollar car, or you can take thirty eight thousand dollars cash. So he took the cash because it's got to be spread amongst all the players. But uh, he had to pay tax on that, on the 38000 He didn't earn 38000 a year. Wow. So you got to spread it amongst the team. Half, evenly? Evenly. Amongst- uh, oh, no, depending on the pro rata, on the, how many games you played. Right. So so that was the international. So he didn't play the test matches. He only played the one-dayers. So as it worked out incrementally, it, it uh, he actually got it less than a normal guy, say, me, that played test matches and ODIs, and he won the... He won an international he, you know, kicker of the year and it. lost You don't want he? to win it because you have to pay tax on it, you see. You don't want the, you don't want the car. This ruins it. What about the Kit Kat strike rate? Was oh, it, did you want to win that? Or? No, that was another thing as well. That, that, he, that idea was by Jamie Packer. Right. 
And Jamie lined me up with Simon O'Donnell and someone else who said, I've got $10,000 for the winner of the strike rate. I said, you have no idea how we actually, what we do with prize money, do you, Jamie? He said, no. I said, well, divide it by 15, say, hypothetically, and then the 10,000 by 15, and then you work out how, just say, I'm at 600, 750 each, and I've got to pay tax on that, so that's 200 bucks. So it's $550 I'm going to get to put my career on the line to maintain a 100 strike rate. I don't think that's going to work. He said, no, it's not, is it? I said, we only had it one year. That right. was it. It was flicked. I think that. Gus Logie picked it up, didn't he? No, I think it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I remember he, I don't know next... about the taxation they have on it. The little Gus, yeah, he whacked it around a bit. Wasn't, yeah. wasn't the worst. T20 cricket in terms of the leagues that are around, you're involved in the Pakistan. What's your Pakistan team? Uh, my team is uh, in the Pakistan Super League is the Karachi Kings. Go the Kings. Go the Kings. How's the standard of that compared to IPL and then compared to BBL? Yeah. How, would, how would you rate those competitions? Well, if we put it in a race, uh, in, in, in uh, horse racing parlance, you've got the Formula One or the Group Ones is, is IPL and PSL. PSL is just below the IPL. I could say the bowling is better in PSL than it is in the IPL, but why's, overall, why's uh, the bowling's not quite as good in the IPL. It depends. Pakistan have always had very good fast bowlers. Okay. You see, and the Indians, but it's changed a bit of late. But the Indians are up there. The batting and the standard, the, the quality of overseas pros is up there. And as we go right down, and I'll say this nicely, BBL would be country week racing. So it's a long way oh, away yeah. from those other two yeah. in terms of the well, the, in terms of the, t- the talent of cricketers. Yeah. Is that what you mean? I'm not doing a fly-by, have a go at BBL, but yeah. you don't get any of the Australian players playing. A lot of them are club cricketers, and you get average overseas pros. Right. So when an overseas pro comes here, they're here for two months, not one month. They're here for two months, and they lose 20% tax. Now, a lot of the places where these pros come from don't pay tax or maybe no more than 10%. They've already paying overs already. They're not getting paid that much money anyway. Mm. So why would they come in? And they don't because they go and play in the Bangladesh Premier League, which is a higher standard than the BBL. And they're allowed to have four overseas players in their team compared to the BBL's only allowed two. So they've got to change it up, BBL. They've got to sex it up. And they need the big so, names so we, again. We yeah. need Australian players playing that, right? So Steve, yes. David Warner, Steve Smith need to be regularly We need the West in Indians back as well. We need the quality yeah. big boys back. You know, like the Andre Russells and all those and, yeah. and Chris Gales and whatnot to come back because they're rock stars. Yeah. I'm not kidding. They are rock stars. You know, sitting next to a Dhoni or, or Virat Kohli, they, I can't tell you how big they are. Yeah. You know, Virat Kohli's earning $60 million a year now. So, and when they turn up at a gig, it's like, oh, the Beatles are here. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And you don't want to sit next to them on a plane. Because you just get annoyed by people coming over, taking photos and, and, and wanting an autograph off him or something like that. They're just nightmares to sit next to. Don't shower next to Joel Garner. That's it. Don't sit next to Donny on the Don, plane. Donny, Donny's the worst. They're the my, worse than Coley. They're my two big takeaways. Donny did have an excellent mullet there for a while. so you oh, got Outstanding. You know, yeah. and, then he, and then the Pakistani uh, president told him to cut it off. And he didn't for a while, but now he has. So there you go. So here's, here's some more, uh, another nugget. The the president told Donny yeah. to cut his hair. No, that was back in the early 2000s when I was commentating. Yeah, he had his hair too long. Of course, wow. they come from a mommy background, and and mm. guess what he is? He's a colonel now. Um, uh, MS Donny is actually a colonel in the army. 
Yeah, so he's got this title as well. Gee, so. we've learned a lot in the last 20 minutes, Dino. There you go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, when you go out to play cricket or whatever sport that you that you choose on the weekend and you whack on your Oakleys or your Ray-Bans, it was this That's it. trendsetter here, <laughs> this trailblazer that invented it. Dino, thanks for being on All Fun and Games, mate. Hey, you're a star. Two and, nil. Oh, come on, now we'll go to three. Now, two up. Now, I'm going to... It's in there, mate. Right, you I, can kick first. I can get it out now. Right, now, how, how do you play this game properly? Right. Block defence. It's all about defence, is it? Oh, you've, who's beaten you in this? Anyone? Uh, no, we, this is the first time we've played this one. There you go. Easy. It's the distraction technique. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks, Good mate. Cheers.